Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, good morning. Everybody doing all right this morning? Y'all, y'all are like pumped up this morning. I'm excited. All right. Well, I encourage you to grab your seat real quick. Um, those of you that are in the back, we'll make room for you. Jason, if you'll help us, we'll, we'll move everybody around if we need to. Uh, we're living in an age where everything that seems real is not necessarily real. Uh, I can't get any help already. I just said something really important. We live in an age where everything that is presented as real is not really real, right? There are filters. You do know that there are filters that can make you look better than you actually look, right? Uh, they can, in fact, they can make you look like a cat, a deer, a dog, whatever. Anybody seen that video of that judge that showed up or some guy showed up in a meeting and he looked like a cat on Zoom and didn't know it, right? So we're, we've been talking about that filters are important. I want to show you this filter. I want you to look at this thing really close. You may not be able to identify that, what that is, but this is the filter out of the dryer that Julie and I had to buy, what, a year ago um, because... Because our previous filter, I'm just talking about somebody else, not you. Our previous filter did not look like this, all right? Uh, it says right on here that you should clean this filter before every cycle. I am living testimony that if you do not clean this filter before every cycle, that something bad could happen, like your dryer could burn up. Like, have y'all seen on TV where people's houses catch on fire because they didn't clean out the vents? If you don't have the right filter in place, it can burn some stuff up, all right? I'm already preaching and I haven't even started yet. And so we wanna make sure that we have the right filters in place. I'm, I'm concerned that too many of us have no filters. And so I wanna help you. This, this I'm just gonna tell you, this morning and next week, you cannot afford to miss. I think maybe these two messages in, in the entire series are the most important. So I want you to join me because we gotta have these filters in place. Turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, we're going to read a couple verses, then we're going to go to chapter 50, um, and then uh, we're going to go into the New Testament for a moment. Genesis chapter 37, beginning in verse 23, or just verse 23. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that he had on, and they took him and threw him into a pit. And the, pit the pit was empty, and there was no water in it, verse 28. Then when the Midianite merchants passed by, they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. All right, you, get, you see what's happening? This is not a good story if you're Joseph, all right? Um, chapter 50, beginning of verse 14. Then Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all that it had accompanied him to be at the funeral of his father. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers were frightened. Verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. You think so? Uh, we are slaves, they said, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. I, I am, uh, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Listen to this. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's a famous quote there. We're going to come back to and I'm going to give it to you probably the way you learned it growing up so it will resonate with you and you'll understand. So, 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 so now in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, one verse of scripture, Paul writing the Corinthians says this. 
lest Satan should get an advantage of us, get, get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Another version says it like this. It's my duty to make sure that Satan does not win even a small victory over us, for we don't want to be naive and then fall prey to his schemes. So I draw your attention to these, uh, these accounts because I am convinced that too many of us, even those of us who have been saved for a long time, who've been following Jesus for a long time, have lost an essential filter in our life. It, is the, uh, uh, this, it, it impacts our ability to make right decisions, to make right choices, to, to walk the right direction. When we, are lo- when we miss this filter in life, we choose the wrong paths. And so we've got to get this. So in order for us to avoid frustrations and mistakes, we must have in our lives the filter of origin. You say, well, what in the world are you talking about? Let me just help you. Joseph had this filter in in his life. I want you to notice what happens. He's mistreated badly by his family. All right, his own brothers, his own flesh and blood are so um, upset with him and so jealous of him and dislike him so much. You, you guys thought your family was all jacked up. They dislike him so much that they make a plan to kill him. Are, are you, let's not get it twisted. The first plan didn't get acted on, but they were originally planning to slaughter him. And they, they say, well, okay, we can't do that because dad won't like it. One brother intervenes. And so instead, they put uh, an animal, they kill an animal, put the blood on his coat. They drop him into a pit. They wait for slave owners to come by. And they literally sell their own flesh and blood as a slave. Knowing that probably the life of a slave is not going to be good. And knowing that the life as a slave, he's going to be mistreated and brutalized. They do it anyway. Okay, okay, y'all ain't helping me now. So, so, so they send him off with the slave traders thinking they're never going to see him again. Then a famine hits the land and the brothers are told by their father the only place that there's any food is in Egypt. And when they get to Egypt to beg for food, lo and behold, the brother that they had sold into slavery is now in charge of all the food of all the land. And so now they, 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 they travel back for their dad's funeral, right? And they come back and they bow down because dad's dead. So dad's probably not going to be real happy. Okay, so, so they bow down to Joseph and they say, hey, we will be slaves to you. Do you here's the, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. That's how we learned it, right? What you intended for harm, God turned it for my good. He somehow had this ability to look beyond his own pain and his own issues, the, the, the own, uh, the, the own uh, afflictions of his life where his brothers did him wrong. He had this ability to see past all of that and make a determination about the origin of what he was going through. And so now he says, look, you meant this for bad, but I need you to recognize I know where all of this was coming from. All of what you thought was meant to destroy me, God was working behind it and he's using all of the pain I've been through and all the trials that I've gone through to literally produce good for you and for all of these other families. And he says, many will be saved. Okay, are you with me? 
Okay, then Paul comes along and he's dealing with the church of Corinth and he's literally dealing with having a spirit of forgiveness. And he says this statement, he talks about forgiving. Then he he makes this statement, we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices, schemes, or strategies. He says we're not ignorant. He's not talking about being stupid. He's talking about being ignorant. Ignorant is having lack of knowledge. He's saying we don't have lack of knowledge. We should not have lack of knowledge as to how the enemy works in our life. Paul is literally saying to us, you need the filter of origin so that you can determine whether something is from God or something is from the enemy. Okay, so here it is. Here it is. This is true in every case. So I'm going to try to help you today. This is not just when things are going wrong. We must have a spirit, a filter of origin even when things are right. Okay, so we read, the, we read the account of Joseph. We go, man, it was a bad day for Joseph, and he was able to see God's hand at work. So when anything bad goes on in my life, I should be able. But it also happens in the good things in life because I, 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 just, I just real quick, I don't have time, but I just want to remind you of three accounts real quick. The first one is Balaam. Balaam was sent, was, had made up his mind he's going to go curse the children of Israel. And on his journey, the Bible says that on three different occasions, the donkey that he was riding stops. Now, that's... Okay, it's a donkey. They do that. But it made him so mad that he starts beating the donkey, right? He starts, I mean, he's wailing on the donkey, just beating him to death. Finally, on the third time, he lays down. The donkey lays down, and Balaam makes this statement. If I had a sword, I would kill you right now. And y'all ought to read your Bible. There's some really cool stuff that happens in the Bible. God allowed the donkey to talk. And the donkey said, this is Steve Ely version. You'll find this in your local bookstore. So the donkey, no, you won't. The donkey says, dude, what's wrong with you? Have I ever done this to you before? Have I ever refused to go where you told me to go before? Get a grip, man. Why are you treating me like this? And in that moment, the Bible says that Balaam's eyes were opened. And all of a sudden, he sees the angel of the Lord standing there. And the angel of the Lord looks at Balaam and says, Why are you treating your donkey like this, dude? If your donkey hadn't stopped, see this sword? I would have killed you because you were on your way to do something you weren't supposed to do. And I intervened by causing your donkey to do what he's doing. Okay, so even in good, okay, even when it's right, even when it's for our good. See, another one, Ruth. Ruth couldn't. She, she struggled with the, the filter of origin and she couldn't figure it out on her own that Boaz, some of y'all need to read your Bible. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Boaz was God sent to help her. Then, then how about, let's go New Testament. In Matthew chapter 16, Peter hears Jesus talking about his uh, impending death. Jesus talking about, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified. Peter, without, with no filter of origin, steps up and rebukes Jesus, not understanding that what Jesus intended to do was for not only Peter's good, but for all of our good. He could not figure it out because he was missing the filter. So this filter of origin is necessary so that we can determine when we're facing something, whether it's a good experience, bad experience, we've got to be able to determine whether it's God sent or enemy sent. Here's why. If you don't have this filter and you can't tell the difference, then this is what happens. We begin to fight what God sends and we accept willingly what the enemy sends and we end up missing out or messing up. 
Okay. All right. So, so we got to have this filter so that we will embrace or reject properly. You say, well, why, why are you talking to us about this? Because I'm concerned. I watch so many of us as followers of Christ, we continue to fight God and embrace the devil. I watch, I watch over and over again. I watch us fight our way out of God-ordained opportunities. I see us fight our way out of God-ordained roles. I see, I, I, I see us walk away from God-ordained relationships, God-sent opportunities, and then we willingly run towards things that it will destroy us and devastate us and distract us. And Paul said, we're not supposed to be ignorant, but we are. And we keep going to stuff. And let go of stuff that God said. We can't, we, we can't seem to differentiate between the two. And if you don't have this filter, then what you will do is you will stop what should flow. And you will let flow what should be stopped. So the perfect example, one more example, and then I'm going to get really basic with you, the, 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 really practical with you. The, one of the best examples is the life of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus shows up on the scene. John says he became flesh and dwelt among us. He, I love the message. He moved into our neighborhood. The dilemma was is that he showed up in a package they didn't expect. And they showed up to a, a, a tribe he didn't expect. And he showed up in a town they didn't expect. He showed up in a form they didn't expect. And so then the Bible says this about Jesus. He came to his own and his own didn't even recognize him. They didn't know who he was. Why? They had no filter of origin. So here it is. I'm going to put it in church terms for one moment. We need to learn to discern. All right, touch your neighbor. Some of y'all don't even know what discern means. I'm going to help you, all right? So to touch your neighbor say, you got to learn to discern, right? Yeah, so, so, so. So there are four uh, Three, let's go through three very important steps to learning how to discern. And I know what I'm getting ready to say, say sounds very, very basic and it's very practical. But I'm going to keep doing this until we get it right. Because I keep seeing people that are mature in the Lord doing stupid stuff. A lot of times the mature person in the Lord that I see doing stupid stuff it's the guy looking at me in the mirror when I wake up on every, all right, okay, so just so we're clear, all right, all right, so here's number one, here's how we learn to discern, number one, here's a question you got to learn to ask, does it line up with his word? I need to help you here, no negotiations, just because something feels good or it is our preference. If his word, listen to me, if his word declares that something is wrong or destructive, then you cannot give yourself permission to believe as if you are the exception to that rule. I still keep meeting born again, blood bought, seasoned saints who keep giving themselves permission to disobey God's word. Okay, 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 okay. So, so, so God will never give you permission to disobey what he already has said. Don't think that it will trap everybody else except you. 
Okay, so, so this is an important question because it helps to determine if what is happening to me is God sent or enemy sent. Uh, and by the way, I just need to help you again. This undoes this, con- this concept and this false teaching that only good things happen to believers. Some of y'all want the mic right now because you want to testify because of what you've been through. There are some things in life that are painful. There are some bad things that happen to believers. And God's word identifies the reason and the end game to these things because the Bible declares in Romans that he works all things together. We sang it. All things together for my good. I was in a meeting this week and I shared this. I think sometimes we misquote scripture to ourselves. We need to learn how to talk to ourselves right. We say stuff like this. I think we, we say out loud, God works all things together for our good. In our head, we misquote it. I think we say God works all good things for my good. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only dilemma there is if you don't consult his word, then you miss the fact that, 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 and then you begin to fight out of stuff that God wanted you to stay in because if you stay in it, you grow. And I need to just remind you real quickly that God is more committed to your character than he is to your comfort. And so he will allow things, to, oh, come on now. He will allow things to come into your life. So, so here's the dilemma. When, if we don't have this filter, if we don't line it up with his word first, then we begin to suffer. And when we begin to suffer, we start self-medicating or we try to exit out of that thing. When Paul said that if we know his word, that God will allow this stuff to happen sometimes because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and then character produces hope. Everything you're going going through right doesn't mean it's from God. Everything you're going through bad doesn't mean it's from the devil. You've got to be able to line it up with his word. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if we don't know his word, then we will miss painful moments that were permitted because he had a plan to propel us to our best days through the pain that we graduate from. So, so what is coming towards our lives must either line up with his word and character. Here it is. I'm trying to help you. It either lines up with his word and his character or it's from the enemy. Okay, that's step number one. Here's step number two. Seek and listen to wise counsel. Oh, I knew it. I knew I'd get a bunch of amens. Uh, the only thing that, the, here's the key words. Here's the key words. Listen and wise Okay, some seek, but they won't listen. The only thing that shocks me more than people not listening to wise counsel is the number of us who claim Jesus that will listen to unwise counsel. We go to... (laughs) We go to people that are unwise and we seek counsel for them. Can you help me set my budget? Wait a minute. The person you're asking to help you set your budget just declared bankruptcy for the third time, but please help me work on my budget. That's unwise counsel. Can you help me in my relationship? I'm struggling in my relationship with my loved one. The only dilemma is, is they've ruptured every relationship they've ever been in and now we want to go to them and say, could you please help me? No, they can't help you. Can't do it. And so, so in order for us to learn to discern, we must learn to seek and listen to wise counsel. The only thing that shocks me more than our willingness to live, listen to unwise counsel is I'm continually shocked about how many people who are warned about something or someone, and I'm going to say it the way I, I put it down, they're warned 
that something or someone they want to do is going to destroy them. But because it's their preference and because it feels good, they refuse to heed the warning. Then because they have no filter of origin, they walk back in here. We've seen it happen. They walk back in here and they crawl back to the altar and they've, they've, now they've lived through a bankruptcy. They've, de- they've dealt with a divorce. They're dealing with an addiction, a broken heart, and they're amazed that it went so badly. Even though the wise counsel around you was going, hey, stop, whoa, don't do that. Don't, don't go with them. Don't go to that place. Don't buy that. You can't afford it. And we have so discarded the filter of origin that we do it anyway. I hope it's quiet up in here. Oh, in the last days, we have been told, well, here's one of the signs. Let's, let's, let's be, we're not ignorant. Here's one of the signs. In the last days, people will call good evil and evil good. Which means that they will, they, we, we will have lost our filter of origin. So now when people begin to warn us, we'll go, no, I know the word says it's evil and you say it's evil, but it feels good to me and I'm out. Okay, 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 okay. So, so in, in, days, um, in days gone by, people talked about discernment. I don't hear much about discernment anymore. Uh, I just need to help you. Discernment is a spiritual muscle that you must work out. Right, it grows as you work it out. So we must be willing to listen to wise counsel. So here it is, here it is. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I'm under the sound of my voice too. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I'm just telling you, you don't have any wiggle room here. We have to make a determination in our lives right now that we will do this. If somebody that we know is God sent to us and they're wise, proven, they don't just talk a good game, they're proven. Like you need some marriage advice, go see my mom and dad. They're celebrating 50, what, 57 years of marriage today. I think they figured it out. <laughs> like if you need financial advice, um, go see Jeff Carter. He's rolling in the dough. No, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just putting him on the spot. Okay, so, but if we know they're God sent, here it is. We can't give ourselves any excuse. No, 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 no more negotiations. Then we must come to this place where if they confront us or challenge us or correct us, then we should listen. We are not always right on our own. I want everybody in the room that has never gotten it wrong one time in your entire little life to raise your hand right now. Oh, yeah, there's one. Y'all go talk to Josh. He's never made a mistake in his life. No, he knows better. He's just messing with me, right? We've all messed up. So we got to have people in our lives that are proven commodities. They are wise. I'm not talking about old I'm also not talking about young because age has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about wisdom. They are wise. They're getting it right. And so wise counsel helps us to do this. It helps us to learn and develop origin or discernment. Number three, we must let God speak louder than our feelings. 
I don't know, y'all, y'all try to clean the Bible up too much for me. I got some news for you. Joseph probably had some feelings going on. Yeah, you threw me in a pit. You lied to my daddy. You sold me into slavery. I ended up in a prison eating rations, and now you're begging me for bread. I think just maybe I might have come off of that throne that he was sitting on and just threw some hands real quick on somebody's jaw. I think he had some feelings, right? But but I I don't know if you figured this out yet or not, but I need to help you when, when it comes to this, when it comes to trying to discern, you cannot rely on your feelings. Our feelings cannot be what we rely, because we miss it. We miss it. A lot of times we think that what is God sent will be comfortable and, and enjoyable. And may, may I remind you again that God is more committed to your character than your comfort. So you cannot discern by how you feel, right? So, 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 so we are told that his sheep know his voice, right? So we sang it. I believe God's still speaking, right? So I, I want you to understand what happens. We get in trouble when we allow our feelings to override God's voice. Okay, now, uh, the, the, um, the deciding factor is what God says, but I want you to notice something. I want you to notice what I did here. I put this third on purpose. Here's why. I didn't do that because God's voice is not preeminent and important. I placed it here because too many of us walk around saying, God told me to do something. And because we make this number one instead of number three, we give ourselves permission to do things that God never said to do. So God will never contradict his own written word. So I want to say it like this. God told me should never carry more weight than God wrote me. If what you hear contradicts scripture, then you are listening to your feelings, not to God. Oh, come on now. I got folks all the time that will come to me and say, God said, buy this house. The problem is you can't afford that house. And it will bankrupt you. But it's because your feelings get into it, right? And so, so we got we to gotta get this in the right order. The reason I have this step position after wise counsel is because so many of us are, are, have dislodged the filter of origin for so long until we become so unaccustomed to discerning that we will hear a voice and we will follow it. And, and a wise counselor who has years of practice would be able to say to you, that's not God. So I put it third. Last one, because I, I lied to you, there's four. But number four, how will this affect others? I got to hurry here. How will what, I'm, I'm, I'm about to make a decision here. There's stuff, there's opportunities coming to me. There, I've, got a, I've got this getting ready to happen. My question, is, how, you got to ask this question. How does it affect others? So Joseph is able to discern origin. He says, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. Why? Because many will be saved. So Joseph has this ability to discern that although I went through some painful junk, it was all God sent so that I could get to where I am now to help other people. Okay, I'm getting ready to mess with you bad. His discomfort and his distress were the seedbed of deliverance for others. We must think about the impact of our choices and our actions by what it will do to others around us. 
This helps us learn how to discern whether something is from God or not. Because if what I'm going through hurts me, but makes it possible for others behind me to be blessed, then I cannot say, well, that's from, that's from the devil. No, it may be from God. So, so, but we can also say this, man, what I'm going through right now, it feels really good, and I'm liking this. The dilemma is, is it destroys everybody around you. Then can I tell you, by the authority of what God has taught us, that's from the devil. I don't care how good it feels. Okay, so, 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 so. This test helps us wade through good things that may not be sinful but aren't necessary. Lawful but it's not expedient. Paul talks about that, right? This helps us. What, what I'm, what this, opportunity I, I, this opportunity I have, I'm trying to figure it out from God or the enemy. It, it, it feels good, but it doesn't help anybody else. Then I have to discern. Okay, so here we go. We got to stop long enough to think about other people and get beyond our own desires because if I buy something now that will shackle my kids with decades of debt when I'm gone, then I can't stand up and say, God said, okay. If, I'm, if, I, if, 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 if I, I enjoy this relationship, but it's destroying the people around me, or if I'm leaving a relationship and it's destroying people around me, pretty good indication of origin. If I, can, if I continue this practice, whatever the practice is, if I continue to do this, will it set my friends up for failure? If I endure this, will the future generations coming behind me be blessed? Bells ought to be going off. Origin. If what I'm going through, I don't like the job that I've got, but it's laying the seedbed for those behind me. I will continue to endure in the job that I have because I can determine origin because it's setting people up behind me to be blessed. Am I helping anybody this morning? I just want to challenge you this morning. Some of you have tossed aside the filter of origin and everything that comes along your way that feels good, you say is God. And everything that comes along that you don't like, you say is the enemy. You just don't have a filter. You've lost the filter to be able to figure out how to discern. And you got to go back to his word. And you got to go back to these, these, these steps that I've told you. you got to seek and listen to wise counsel. You need to let God speak to you. But his voice has got to be loud louder than your feelings and you got to say wait a minute how does this impact anybody else around me because this isn't just about us y'all we got to get this right for the people around us because some of y'all been making some decisions that destroying people around you and you're saying it's God it wasn't God it was the enemy all along he was just trying to destroy your seed some of y'all are saying it's the enemy. I don't like what I'm going through. This is painful. This is, dis this is uncomfortable. I, I'm in agony. But because of what you're willing to endure, generation after generation coming after you, you're going to rise up and say because of what they went through, the pain they were willing to bear, the, 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 the struggle they went through has set me up to be blessed for the rest of my life. That's God. And so I want to pray for us today because what we got to do is we got to learn to discern again. So this is right, right where you are. I just want you to bow your heads with me. We're, I'm just going to pray over you this morning because uh, we got to get this right, y'all. I got to get this right. You got to get this right. We got to get this right together. So Father, in this moment, in this moment, help us. Not based on what we want, what our desires are as far as feeling good. We just ask you in this moment to help us 
as, as believers, as followers of Christ, that's, uh, as people that want to get it right. Could you help us this morning to learn to discern again? Father, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that has been going and making decisions that, that don't line up with your word, I pray that you'd stop them in their tracks right now and they would recognize they do not have permission to disobey your word. They're not the exception. God, I pray for folks in this room that have been listening to unwise counsel. They would shift and find people in their life that have wisdom, that, that, have, have, uh, that have proven themselves. And we would seek counsel for them. And they would help us to have this ability to hear you correctly and clearly. We will respond to their challenge. We will respond to their correction. We will respond to anything they say to us, knowing that as long as it lines up with your word, then we need to follow their advice. God, I pray for those of us in the room that have allowed our feelings to get the best of us and because something feels good we do it even though we know it's not from you I pray that the, the sound the volume the, 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 the power of your voice would rise up into a, in us in a different level a new level of your voice and we would listen to your voice more than we ever listen to our feelings we would become like what your word says your word says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice help us to tune in help us to tune everything else out help us to tune into your voice even when we're not happy about what we're going through and Father I pray that you'd help us in this, this moment to make up our mind that we're going to quit making decisions without thinking about anybody else. None of us are islands. None of us are in this on our own. So I pray in this moment right now we would begin to think about the decisions that we have to make. And we would take stock of what it's going to do to the people around us. And help us to make the right decisions. I pray that in this moment you would help us to reestablish the filter of origin in our life. So we can discern what's from you and what's from the enemy as a scheme or a trick to, to cause us to fall. Help us, oh God, not to be ignorant. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, touch your neighbor. Say, we've, we've got to learn to discern. John, uh, Andrew, come on. I need my worship team to come on, if you would. Those of you that are being baptized, would you move quickly to the rooms that you're going to uh, change clothes in? We've got uh, seven being baptized this morning. Before they come, I want to talk to you. That's 17 people baptized in the last two months, by the way. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.